Brian. Scott. Your favorite Darien, Connecticut grocery store is back. Oh, yeah. Grand Union, <laughs> the place where you can get something to drink. <laughs> Grand Union, uh, call me if you want that jingle. It's It'll cost you, but it's available. <laughs> and our podcast is still looking for sponsors. So, Grand Union, we've got all the content you need. <laughs> <laughs> was Grand Union how how popular was Grand Union? Do people know what that is? I, I don't know. I don't know if it was how big it was or how much far it extended outside of the Fairfield County universe. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, like, is it a, is it a stop and shop? I don't think it's on that level. Um, I, no, I don't it's know. it's not on that level. Certainly, it's, right? But it's not like hyper local, is it? I, I don't know. I don't think so. It's not like Palmer's. No, yeah, right, right. Right. It's a bigger deal than that. Let's just get really into the weeds of Dairy and Connecticut <laughs> grocery stores. That's the content that the people want to hear. <laughs> RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. <laughs> no, you're right. All right. Let's get right into it. NCAA tournament. Very exciting start. Very exciting weekend. Uh, Brian, your thoughts. March Madness is upon us. No, I mean, the tournament's wonderful, and it's a great event. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I've, I've, I've felt this way for a long time, but I, I've just, it's, it's peaking lately. I'm just sick of the upsets. I don't care. It's like watching the same movie every year and trying to recreate excitement. You know what I mean? Like, it was cool. Bryce Drew, I remember he hit the shot. It's like... Every year, there's a few upsets. I don't know. I can't. Like, I want to watch Kentucky, you know? And, like, I, I just feel like this idea that this is, like, the greatest sporting event in the world is really mostly because there's those two days, Thursday and Friday, the first day of the tournament, when we're at work. And it's like, <laughs> you get to watch it at work, and it's great. And that's the reason everybody loves it. But then you're left... You're missing Kentucky goes, and then you're left with all these like annoying teams hanging around into the second week. And I just wish you could have watched the good teams. I want to watch. I want to watch <laughs> Kentucky play somebody who's also really good. Like I don't know. I'm just kind of sick of it. I don't care about Sister Jean. Saint, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever the school is. What is it? Saint Peter's? Is that it? The New Jersey one? Yeah, I mean, it's in Jersey yeah. City. It's literally like I'm I'm like a block away from it, and I still don't care. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I'd rather just watch A Clash of the Titans. You mean you don't identify with the Peacocks now, Brian? I don't care about the Peacocks, you know? <laughs> like It's like one of these teams needs to win it all, you know? Like, win it all. No, I agree. And then... And then I'll get excited about Cinderella. Don't get to the Elite Eight and then or the Sweet Six. What do I care if St. Peter's wins two games and then gets bounced? You know what? What? Why is it so exciting to people? No, I I get it. So I remember, and I correct me if I'm wrong. It might have predated the first time I heard you say this was the the George Mason season, and George Mason they did make it all the way to the Final Four, but they upset. That UConn, uh, the Rudy Gay UConn team. 
Yes. That was like pretty loaded. Who else? Do you remember who else was on that team? Rudy Gay was a star. I don't remember if like Okafor was on that team. I can't remember. More was like the power forward, right? Yeah, yeah. They had a really good power forward. They had yeah. a really good team. Yeah. And they then they were about to play a really good Florida team. Right. What would right, have right, been right. a classic Final Four matchup. Yeah. And George Mason upset them. And then Florida pants George Mason <laughs> in Final Four. And we all got robbed of an all-time great game. And screw George Mason. I can't remember one player on George Mason. Nobody Not cares. One. Right. Even that Butler team that got to the finals against Duke. And that's that was it. That was the moment where the Cinderella could have won it all. And then right. that would have meant something. Right. But even that Butler team, they had... Uh, well, of course, of course, I'm trying to make this point about how they had at least one memorable player. Now I'm blanking. They on had name. Gordon Hayward. They had Hayward, an NBA right. player. Yeah. yeah, right. They had Gordon yeah. Hayward. Exactly. But right. I don't who was on that George Mason team. There was a sort of like a chubby guy. There was a big guy who was yeah, who was yeah. good. I mean, I, look, I get how it's great for the fans of those schools. It's like magic. I get it. But I don't go to any of those schools. So what do I care? Like, I don't know. No. So I totally agree with you that. I want to see the best teams play. That's just, that's what's fun. That's why else, why on earth else are you watching sports? Especially if it's not your school for college sports. You want to see the best teams play the best teams. That's the exciting thing. I think you're 100% right that the upsets are totally overrated. There's just too many of them now, too. There's too many of them. Right. Well, here's the thing. I think, though, you have more of them. Like, who is on this year's Kentucky team? Do you know? I mean, I to, to be fair, I'm not watching very much college basketball, so I don't know. But I, well, they did have a very good player. Um, they had a stud center who had an amazing game against St. Peter's um, in the loss. So I, I think this is a very talented Kentucky team. Okay. Because I didn't – honestly, I didn't really – I didn't know either. I can't tell you one player on that Kentucky team – and I think my point more is just college basketball is not now what it used to be. And I know people sort of like can drone on and whatever, but whatever the reasons they think it is. And the one and done thing sucks, but I also don't think that, you know, they should require kids to be in school longer just to play college basketball. Like saving college basketball, I don't think is reason enough to make rules that tell <laughs> kids you have to stay in college to play basketball for free before you can go get paid i'm not this is not an anti one and done take but one and done makes the sport less fun it just does and so the games with the teams that have the most talented players are already not as good because the teams don't gel like you think about like chris weber left the Fab Five after two years. And at the time, that was like, oh, wow, that's even a year earlier than most people. Like, this is pretty unusual. And, you know, you still had Jalen Rose and Jawan Howard playing as juniors on that next year's team that ended up going to the Elite Eight to play Arkansas. But just back in those days, the games were bigger because the players in the games were a lot better because it wasn't just that they were NBA players. They were NBA players who'd been playing with these also, like, really good teams at least two and sometimes three whole entire seasons. So, you know, throughout our childhood and up into our 20s, like I do kind of think that that UConn team and that Florida team, like 
those were kind of a last of a generation of teams that had had guys in place in the same program for multiple years, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I college basketball is one of those things where I'm like, has college basketball gotten worse or have I just gotten less interested in it? Because, it, you know, like we're older, we have families, we just can't watch the amount of sports that like if someone, someone brings up like a college basketball team from like the nineties, I know like every guy, like you could talk about like UNC from like the mid nineties. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like Dante Calabria loved him. Like, like (laughs) I just knew all these obscure players because we were just obsessed with sports. And now it's not like that, but I don't know if it's because of what you're saying, which is possible. And that college basketball is like a worse product. Or it's just I have less interest in it. I didn't go to an elite school. And so my interest has kind of waned. I guess I'm not like, I don't know that they're like, I'm not going to really advocate here that they change the tournament or that it's not a great event. But if I'm, I just like, I don't get that excited about a bad team beating a good team. Uh, And I don't understand. I don't totally understand why that is so exciting for people. And if I had my dream world, it would be like a 16-team tournament and everybody in it could win it. And that would be, to me, the most actually the most fun. I agree. I do think, though, that there's a place for upsets. Like the 5-12 upset that, you know, you're always there's always one 5-12 game that whatever, or at least that was the, you know, conventional wisdom years ago. That's a that's a perfectly fine upset. The fifth seed is not winning the tournament, or shouldn't. It's just as as little right to winning it as the twelve seed, in my opinion. So that's a fun upset, and maybe that fifth seed is like, you know, if it's UNC in a particular year, then all the Duke fans have the added satisfaction of UNC got bounced in the first round, and that's you know very exciting and something they can hang their hats on for a while or whatever. Like I think some of the upsets are fine. It's the actually the like. Either the crazy upsets, like when you have Kentucky losing this weekend. I remember, has there been a one seed knocked off? Didn't that happen recently, kind of? Yeah, I mean, see, I'm actually, like that, I feel like 16 beating a one, all right, that's some, like 12-5 is like the perfect example. Like, it happens every year. So stop pretending that this is some kind of miracle. (laughs) You've created, it's a contrived event. You've created an event that, is guaranteed to pull these things off. And then every year you act like this is a magic trick and we've witnessed some impossible dream. Like <laughs> 12 beat 5. That's, those are basically two even teams and you're trying to convince me that through fake numbers that I've just wa- witnessed something improbable when it happens every single year. <laughs> like I, I just... And, but, and then there's just too many of them. So then by the like the second week... Then it's like, oh, Murray State is playing St. Peter's. It's like, all right, well, I don't actually want to watch that game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, and then tries to tell you this is like the greatest event in sports. Meanwhile, like there's nobody in the stands. I don't think they rate particularly well. Like it just isn't the best event going. Like the first day is, f- it's fun because you're sitting in your office and you're otherwise bored and there's basketball on and there's a lot of games and it's a great, it's great. So I'm not even saying that like they should do away with it. I just, I just am not like, I don't know the hype around all the upsets. I just, I'm sick of the upsets. I don't care. 
So it's really what you're really against is not even the upsets themselves. It's the commercialization of the upset. I don't. Yeah, right. The commodification of them. Yeah, right. they've turned into this. It's like this that it's the selling point of this tournament is these stupid upsets that are totally contrived, and you know, what? and the really good ones like never. And again, I need I need a 14 seed to take it all the way. That that'll like that's what I need. Yeah, I mean, I would so St. Peter's so, needs to win it all. That will <laughs> I mean, he win it all. That'll show me something, all right? Will you will you be a peacock if St. Peter's yes. does if it? If they got it to if they got to the finals, I would root for them in the finals. Like yeah. that's something. No, like, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Don't get me to the sweet 16 and try to tell me that I should give two shits because these guys won two games more than anybody thought they would. I just don't. It's not interesting. <laughs> I get your point. I just think the 512 is not hurting anybody. It's like, not hurting anybody, but it's not thrilling. That's kind of my point. It's not exciting. Oh, a 12 beat a 5. All right. Every year, two, two, two or three 12s. Like... Well, no, and I think that is your point, but I think you kind of have two contradicting points, right? Because on the one hand, the 512 upset is contrived. It's not a real upset. Fine. But on the other hand, the upsets also ruin the tournament because it takes the best teams out of it. And that's what the like the 14-2 does, the 15-2 does. No, but right. In my in my t- ideal tournament, there is no five. Because it, that's sort of the point. Fives and twelves, you're all worthless. Get lost. <laughs> Right, but sometimes a five is like Michigan. I know, but they wouldn't be in my tournament. I'd have sixteen teams. Oh, so so you're you're taking out the middle tier. So you're having sixteen teams. So it's like the maybe like the very best, and then like St. Peter's also. No, I'm they're, they're just gone. I'm just saying. The upsets that I can at least go, oh, wow, is, like I said, I get St. Peter's, like, that's somewhat exciting. Or when Virginia lost as a one seed, like, okay, wow. Right, that's, that's what it, it only happened one time. Right. Like, that is genuinely exciting. It's these, like, the 13-4 or whatever, 11-6, 10-7, and they're like, Ugh. The 11 seed. Up. It's not an upset. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's just two crappy teams that played each other in an empty building. And you're trying to sell me that something special happened. Do you think, well, hold on. No. So Ohio State was the lower seed than Loyola, I believe. I think we were 10 and they were 7 or were we 7 and they were 10? I think you were high, the higher seed. We were the higher seed. But they might have been favored gambling wise. Really? Either way, if they beat us, which they did not, we ended Sister Jean in her face. <laughs> right. um, but if they had beaten us, would it have? Do you think that it would have been considered an upset? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, oh, like, oh, Chicago, Sister Jean. What a story! I mean, I was called. really nervous going into that game. I thought we would lose that game. It would not have been an upset in my mind. Well, I do think Ohio State was the higher seed. I'm pretty sh- pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Either way, though, that was nice. We shut the door on Sister Jean. Right. He did. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you, Sister Jean. I mean, to, to put a finer point on how little I know about college basketball these days, like I genuinely was like, "Where's Thad Mata?" 
And you're like, That's right. he has not coached in like, I guess, five or six years. And I had never seen the face of the current Ohio State head coach, which was like, it was shocking to me, I have to say. I was a little taken aback that I had that little idea and that he's been there for a while. I was like, what? It's funny that you, because you Googled it, but I was like, you were so serious about asking where Thad Mata was that... I was like, I know, I rem- I know he retired. I remember all the stuff about his retirement, but like, was that more recent? Did the pandemic throw off my time? Right, I, I thought that was such a long time ago. <laughs> I was really surprised you didn't know that. I did not know that. I had never <laughs> seen that. I still don't know who coaches Ohio State, but he had a military face. I would describe it as that's an excellent description of Chris <laughs> Holtman. Yes, I had no idea who that was. He's part of the the Butler at Ohio State uh, pipeline. We got right. that's where we got Thad Mata from, and then okay, and then this fella. So you know, we skipped over Brad Stevens, who right was probably, probably the best of the lot. <laughs> right, that would have been the one to get, but right. yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's all right. We've done okay. Um, yeah, that was. I was trying. To, I was telling somebody the last time. I was like, I, I I was very into this weekend, though. Actually, I'm I'm gonna admit that um, mobile gambling helps. Because it's just so many options. Yeah, you know, in some case, in some cases, the odds are so stacked. It's just like you throw down a buck, and it's like could turn into ten or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, or like on a certain parlay of games or whatever. Um, so that I thought that was fun. So it got me a little bit into it. Probably most I've I've paid attention to it since two thousand seven, maybe. Yeah. I mean, look, I do enjoy the NCAA tournament and, and it's a wonderful sporting event. And I, I, I can concede that there's no way to, to undo it at this point. I just feel like in my dream world, actually, it's an elite field and it's you earn your way into it. It's hard to get in. And then the best teams face off against each other. And that, to me, would actually be more fun. But well, I get why... It is the way that it is and why a lot of people love it the way that it is. I know this might sound contrived, but I do think it's close enough to true these days. I do think that you see some of the best teams making it and that less and less the best teams in college basketball are the teams that have the most pro talent on them. You see that the the teams that... Have the pro talent are the best? No, I think that the t- that it's it's not always the teams that have a lot yeah. of pro talent that are the best teams. Even no, yeah, a lot of times it's the it's the guys with the seniors and the right. And yeah. so I think that though, like I think that's been the effect of one and done is yeah. what I was kind of trying to say earlier. Is that those guys that you really want to see don't make it very far because they're often like not on the best teams these days because the best teams are the guys who've been around and they're also like really good players yeah you know and i think like last year's final four had houston and baylor wasn't that the championship game it's gonzaga and gonzaga yeah gonzaga baylor houston and somebody else gonzaga needs to win it all or else just Go away. Go away forever. forever. Yeah. 
<laughs> and like Chet Holmgren has somehow become the most Gonzaga guy ever, which yeah. you didn't think Adam Morrison could ever be topped. And here comes he's Chet Holmgren. He's unbelievable. Like, is he going to be a good pro or what? He looks so talented, but I mean, Jesus, like, <laughs> you got to put on some weight, man. Like, what the hell? <laughs> put on some weight and just stop, like, looking so weird. Right. He looks awesome in many ways, but then it's just like, I don't know. How could you throw that guy into an NBA you know, like right. I know Durant kind of looked like that too, but not that skinny. Jesus, right, right, <laughs> right. So Durant just looks way cooler. Than right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right, Brian. Anything else on the uh, NCAA tournament? No, that's probably enough cynicism for <laughs> well i'm sorry minutes. that's i don't think we're gonna have enough cynicism there's more cynicism to come right now brian i'm gonna take you back in time to one week ago this evening giants among men after dark i to be fair out of nowhere because he hadn't been that bad recently just needed to air out some feelings about julius Randle. <laughs> And and you advised me, not incorrectly, you know, it's fair, it was good advice. You advised me to let go of that anger because it wasn't productive, it wasn't going to, no good was really going to come of me holding on to all this anger to Julius Randle. And while I can't say that I actually did let go of any of that anger, <laughs> I knew that it was good advice from you. So I was trying to do that. And then it was Sunday or Monday. No, yeah, Sunday. And then Julius Randle got just embarrassed himself, his family, (laughs) the city of New York. And then as a result of it, decided to try and fight Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Uh, See, this is a perfect example of when things go bad everybody wants it like i saw like mark berman you know like randall melts down and what i mean what 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 happened nothing he like a couple pushes and shoves and he walked off the court like why it wasn't he's played terrible he's played bad he's been bad all year but like that wasn't like an inexcusable display of whatever was it i mean like what did he do? I mean, it's just, it's emblematic of what we've seen from him all year, where you're not good and you have a terrible attitude about not being good. And then you're just always in a petty squabble with somebody, not even physically, but just like giving fans the thumbs down. Golbert, whatever, he got ejected from that game against, what was it, the Wizards or the Hawks a couple weeks ago? He got tossed when we had a shot shot to win that game. You know, it's always, he's always carrying on with the refs about something and he's allowing it, it's like an excuse for him to walk back. He's had lazy plays. It's just like, God, man, if you're going to suck, don't be a dick about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's been awful. He's definitely been awful. He's had a terrible season, but I don't know. I I like that stuff just doesn't like kind of rolls off my like, I don't know. I do feel like everybody's picking on him a little bit right now. And like, 
highlighting every play. You know, look, he plays a lot of minutes. He does a lot of things for the Knicks. And so, like, you know, I think you could probably make a clip of every player in the league letting a guy come down the lane and, and you know, not, <clears throat> you know, making, not do or not closing out on a three-point shot or, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels a little, like, everybody hates him now and is <laughs> going to point out every terrible thing that he does. And he's had a bad year, but like, you know, I don't know. At the end of the day, like, he's their best player. They don't have a good enough team for him to be the best player. He's not a good enough player to be the best player on, a, you know, a team of, of significance. Um, and so like, what's, what's, what are we supposed to do? I don't know. You know, like just shit on the guy day in and day out. Like I, he's not good enough. There's no doubt about it. He's not good enough. Like, but I don't know. He's not terrible. He's like, he's just not good enough for what this team has needed him to be. I I don't know. It just feels a little like piling on at this point. I'm seeing piling on. Well, to defend myself a bit. No, I don't a- think you are. I think you're genuinely, you know, I get it. He's he's super frustrating to watch. Yeah, and I was going to say, I'm at the bottom of the pile. I was early to the pile. <laughs> right, that's true. That's you very know, true. So yeah. I don't feel like, I feel like, finally, I'm feeling more people on top of me now. Right, right. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, so that's the, the lens with which I'm viewing kind yeah, of the way yeah. this is getting covered. But uh, this is – so here's the thing. And I'm not even necessarily accusing Randall of this. But, like, I have almost never, maybe since being, like, in my 20s, maybe even in my teens, really thought that there were actual professional athletes who were talented that were, like, not trying hard. Or not, in their own minds, definitely doing the best they can do, you know? And But you look at Randall last year, and you watch him play this year, and it really just seems like, man, are you trying less hard? Because that's a problem. You know, like, I get the shots aren't falling, and that probably affects, like, trickles down into other things, and I kind of understand it. But it really just felt like last year, Every game, every second he was out there, he was giving you 110%. And this year, it really feels like every game, he's cool with giving you, like, 73. Yeah. I I, I, I feel like he... Like, I don't know. I find it hard to believe he's not trying hard. You know, like... I'm sure it, he's letting his frustration affect. Yeah, that's his, a better way to put it. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I don't know. It's like when you watch like a Robinson Cano like jog down the first baseline. You know, like it can bother you, but like, and and he, look, he's a much better player, so you can forgive it a lot more, obviously. But like, you know, people have hit, long hated that too. Like, I just feel like when you're watching body language and like, you know. Well, I'll ask this, like a lot of people, it seems to me, are are very angry at Tibbs for for not holding Julius accountable for for his laziness or whatever um, and not 
playing him less, you know, or, or he still treats him like he's the star of the team. Um, where do you, is that, do you think he should be doing that? Should, should there be consequences for Julius when there's one of these plays? Like, what do you make of that? Yeah, I don't I think Macri was pretty fair about this in his newsletter yesterday, but it is like, you know, certainly I, I wish there was a world where Tibbs could do that and it would be effective, you know, where he could just bench him for a little bit and then it would snap him out of it and Tibbs just did it, you know? But I do also think that, I mean, look, just given the way, again, the way Randall handles himself, like clapping back at fans when that's just almost rule number one of professional athlete, like don't engage with that. You know, it, it makes it worse. And all the stuff with like the wrestle, like I think Tibbs benching Randall would actually make Randall's behavior worse, which would then in turn be just worse for the team and for everybody. And, um, you know, I don't know that it like, yeah, people want like, oh, we got to play the young guys, got to see what we have. Like, I don't know that it's it would be good for Ob to have to then step in for Randall and have the pressure of like, you know, we're well, we're still expecting to play well, Ob. So let's see it. I think that you know, Randall's just signed a contract for one hundred seventeen million dollars. That's a big move if the coach benches you for poor play before that contract even kicks in. So like people just act like, why doesn't Tibbs just bench him if, if his whole thing is if it's earned or whatever, everybody loves to like throw back in Tibbs's face. But like the guy makes $117 million. If he benches him, that's like something he has to deal with, with the front office, I imagine. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I just clear, have a clear favorite in this and a clear person that's, the opposite of my favorite, but I also think that those are, are reasonable. I don't know apprehensions that Tibbs would have about, you know, what what was it? Uh, giving consequences to Randall, or holding him accountable. Yeah, holding yeah. him accountable. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I yeah. mean, I I just also I think it's possible Tibbs doesn't view it the way that these fans do, and he thinks he's our best player, and he does think he's trying hard, and. You know, this season yeah. hasn't gone well enough for a lot of different reasons, most of which he probably does not attribute to Julius Randle. You know, like even though he knows right. he hasn't, he probably would say like he has not been as good and that's hurt us. But like a lot of things haven't been as good. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Like I feel like, you know, again, I'm not following Nick's Twitter the way I, I have in years past. And I only kind of see a little tidbits from like when you guys send me tweets or I'll you know occasionally be dropped in there from something from an article or something and it's been really fascinating um to not be living and dying with it because then when I am dropped in on like a Nick's Twitter thread I'm shocked at how angry people are with Tibbs like furious like he's a disgrace and like that he's playing Randall and like is like an outrage, you know, <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. I'm shocked. Like, how is it his fault that this guy has been not, you know, that yet you hate Julius Randall is not Tom Thibodeau's fault, you know, like, I know um, I've, I've muted 
Stacy Patton, and the Strickland. Yeah, I've wow. just mu- I've just muted him because I don't even want him to appear in my timeline at all because yeah. it's so like the Strickland is crazy. Just from the the site's account, just trashing Tibbs. Right. So they just despise him. Yeah, yeah. I it's nuts. You know, these fan I was actually I was I saw something and it was like a Lakers Instagram post and it was like Laker fan site like similar to what the Knicks universe of stuff. And same thing, trashing Frank Vogel for playing Carmelo Anthony and Avery Bradley and play the kids, you know, <laughs> and just like it's just always like this guy isn't good. We have these other guys play them instead, you know, like right. And it's just ridiculous. And and like I, you know, I don't get everything right. I'm not always right. And and it's like you want to talk about accountability, like. <laughs> You guys loved Tibbs last year right. and loved every move the Knicks made in the offseason. Everybody right. thought they had a great offseason and loved Julius Randle and that contract was a steal and whatever. Steal. And not only that, but like the years we spent. And I look, I liked him. I was rooting for him. But there needs to be a Frank Natilakina <laughs> reckoning on Knicks Twitter. Like, Give me a break. You did not act like, oh, he should play a little bit more. It was like unconscionable that he wasn't just the starting point guard. Right. And this guy, I mean, that is not any good. Like, couldn't couldn't get the starting job on Team France. Now right. he's in Dallas where he doesn't he still doesn't play ever. Right. Like, and not that, oh, he could be useful, that this was like an important person. That we should all invest in and that he should have played like no accountability for the fact that that is like comically wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just outrageous. Right. No, you're right. You're 100% right. I want. uh, Let's. You're right. How do we do it, Brian? How do we enforce accountability? (laughs) I don't know. But it's like, it's just, I don't know. And again, and and like, I was right there too, like last year with. you know, uh, Alfred Payton and and thinking Tibbs was insane and blah, blah, blah. And looking at the on-off numbers about how, you know, every lineup without Payton was blah, blah, blah. And like, clearly that stuff doesn't tell you. Like, most of these people who are using this data are not data anal- analysts and don't totally understand how to use it. And I don't think are using it properly. Like, you can look at the Knicks this year. And in the thousand minutes or whatever that Julius Randle hasn't played, they have a positive net rating that would be among the best in the league, you know? Right. And that's an interesting data point. But are you really telling me if they just benched Julius, if Julius Randle did not play this season, <laughs> the Knicks would be one of the best teams in the league? Right. Like, and, right. And no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not be saying better, that. You know what I mean? But so it's like, I just don't. Um. I don't know. I think there's a lot of uh, groupthink on there and everybody trying to like, there's a popular opinion that then gets, you know, like lopped onto and everybody has to push it really hard. I don't know. I, I just kind of like, I don't know what the Knicks should do. I, I really don't think firing Tom Thibodeau is, um, you know, any part of it though. I think it's, an insane thing to do 
you're a hundred percent right. Like, and yeah, I just think everybody's freak out of the year. Everybody has to at, at the end of a year, you have to look back and you have to write down your takes. It's all on Twitter. Actually, I'm going to start. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to look back in the Strickland last year. I'm going to find all the great things they said about Tom Thibodeau, and I'm going to throw it back in their face. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that, but someone should do that. Right, right. Like, how can it be that the same person who had the same flaws, and I'm not saying he's, like, perfect, or that I don't get frustrated with him sometimes, too. Like, I still do think he's a little... Like, I think the thing I would do with Julius is, like... I feel like Julius has earned where when he's had a bad first quarter, pull him early and get Obi in at like the six minute mark. Like why not do that sometimes? He's never really shown even a willingness willingness to like play with his rotations a little bit. Right. Um, but he has done some plenty smart things. And, and like this team, as bad as it's been, is, you know, is a good Knicks team. Let's face it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I still think there's been a lot of positives. Like RJ is playing a lot better. Mitchell Robinson is playing a lot better. Emmanuel quickly has quickly. like really come on lately. Um, you know, look for all his fault flaws. Evan Fournier is going to set a team record for three pointers. Quentin Grimes has been a super find. And I think yeah. Tibbs loves him. Like it's not been a, a worthless, waste of a season you know like stuff has happened that is positive so i don't really look at it as like oh this has been an absolute catastrophe you have to fire tibbs like i agree with you and and i also just want to say all the more reason why everyone needs to be so infuriated with julius randall like think about all the names you just said about people that are like it's like positives of this team yeah no i know julius is you know it's what really kills me about julius is like just as he was playing well like it looked like oh he could finish strong maybe he has some trade value and now he's like gone in the toilet again and it's like ah like yeah um i don't know i mean i still like there's part of me that wants to be like julius like i, I don't know he's 2010 and five He's got Alec Burks as his point guard. If they put a point guard in there, that's legit. Like, could that change anything? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it probably could change something. But this, I guess this is why it's so important to me that Julius doesn't do things like the thumbs down and, and just like giving yeah. shitty effort when he's playing shitty. Because... <laughs> Don't make it like impossible to come back from Julius. Right. Don't do things we're all going to regret. Take your medicine. You suck. All right. <laughs> you, you suck this year. Just take your medicine. Right. Just own it. And come back next year and may, you know, who knows, but don't, don't burn the bridge. Yeah. Cause it's, it's on fire. You have to put it out. You can't let it burn. You got to do it because, you know, also I've been, I was thinking about quickly today. Now that you mentioned him and his improvement, I want to bring in, uh, into the discussion, friend of the pod, Matthew, um, as he said on our podcast, uh, you know, a little over a year ago now, 
that he felt that quickly was already better than RJ and that that was a good thing. But then, you know, quickly was awesome. And then he predictably kind of hit a slump. And then it was like, he's just not a point guard. Like that's, he's just not a point guard. And then that was like it for a while, you know, (laughs) and then he sucked. And now not only is he awesome, but he's looking like a good point guard lately. Right, right. You're right. And it's like, yeah, because you know what? He's at the end of his second year in the National Basketball Association. Yeah. Like maybe year three, he'll be like a good, solid Even starting. Even a little bit better. Guy. Yeah, Even yeah. Or like. Or a nice backup, whatever. Right. I mean, gosh, everybody, pace yourselves. Basketball is 82 regular season games. Just, you, yeah. need, some, you need some chasers. You need a little water in there. Okay. I, I know. <laughs> Out shots every like, night. Because your board is not a reason to like fire the coach. You right. know, like you don't like watching Alec Burks doesn't mean he's not their best option. Like, uh, again, I don't know. Not to belabor that point, but um, I, I guess I hear you. I, I, I do want Julius to just somehow. Yeah. I mean, it's just he's he's. He's not only been bad, he's made it like an emergency that they do something about him this year, this offseason, and that's difficult. Yeah, right. Just pull it back, man. Pull it back. Well, Brian, I am personally offended that we gave Julius Randle $117 million. Maybe not everyone is. Although I think most of us can all agree it is offensive that Deshaun Watson was given a guaranteed $250 million. And somehow this contract's gone in the opposite direction, where usually a number gets announced, it's really inflated, and when you look at what's the guaranteed money, it's actually significantly less. In this case, it's the more details come out, the more shocking it is of how ironclad guaranteed this contract is. It's kind of, um, it really is one of the grossest things I've ever, it's like, it makes you, talk about cynicism, like, yeah. I mean, it just makes you go, boy, oh, boy. Like, the way it's structured so that if he's suspended this year, he won't lose very much money. Right. And then he gets it all back. And, like, and and how clearly he did not want to go to Cleveland. Right. And he wanted to go elsewhere. And then Cleveland was like, we will literally guarantee every dollar. And he was like, believe land, baby. Like, (laughs) I love it there. I always loved Cleveland. It's just like, wow. Like unbelievable, and with this whole and just the second that the criminal part, it's like, well, he ain't going to jail, so like, we're everybody's good. Like, what if he and you know, you were I was thinking like, well, what if he loses all these civil trials? But like now he's got the cash to buy his way out of them. You know, right, like it's right. probably going to be a big settlement where he pays you know heavy NDAs and yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you, like, what do you, like, I don't know what should happen. I don't know if he should be banned or a year suspension or no one should sign him. Should never play again. I don't know if that's right, but like, there's just, just, it's hard not to be just totally grossed out by, by how it played out. Right. And, And you're right. I just think it's, it's now. Yeah, he shouldn't. I don't know. It's hard to say that that somebody can't if if they're if they can't if they're not going to go to jail for what they did. It's hard to say you're also not allowed to have a job or there are certain jobs that are off limits to you. And how do we decide that? And how far does it extend? And to what offense? And I get that, you know, even though I hate slippery slope arguments, I you know, whatever. 
I, I live in the world. I live in the real world. And I kind of understand how some of this stuff works. But it's also like, it's just like we're saying with Randall, right? Cleveland, now you have to own it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Cleveland yeah. doesn't get to like wear pink in October. Right, Cle- right. Cleveland <laughs> like doesn't get to do anything in support of women. And like, you have to eat that now. You're not, you're banned from like the organization's banned from participating in some of those activities because they have no credibility on the issue. Right, right. That's very good. That's very well said, right. I mean, and it's because it's like it's not not there was there was no accountability. Like he suffered nothing. He right. like sat out a season and then came back to in a vengeance. Like, I mean, just right. And he's trained. like pissed. Right, right, right. I mean, it makes you go like, what, what, what? I mean, why are we all so mad at Bill Cosby? Like, why can't he? Why can't he? Why, I mean, like, why can't he announce a tour? Like this, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, like they released him. He did his time. Right. Like <laughs> what? I mean, it's just like, what, why did we have, like, why isn't Harvey Weinstein like at the Oscars this year? Like, right. I mean, it's just like, really? Right. Like he's just a member of the NFL in good standing. And he, somebody's just like, you're a quarterback to it. Like he didn't even have to like come back and like prove it or sign some kind of like crappy you know what i mean like no in fact he backed up the truck it's just like unbelievable right quite a ways we've come from michael vick and his fall (laughs) his fall like for stuff he did to dogs and now deshaun watson did horrible things to human women right lots of them seemingly who have telling the same story i don't know i mean i and like, will he even have to answer questions? Like, we can he do a to. hostile interview? Like, is that? Can we at least get that? Like, my God, he has to, right? Like, yeah, that's all you should ask him about ever. Right, I, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, that has to be it, though. That's everybody has to ask the Browns about it all the time, every day, like every Monday should be kicked off the press conference every month or whatever the day of the week that the media first has access to the coaches. Everyone should ask Kevin Stefanski. First question as part of treatment, did Deshaun Watson receive a massage this week? And if so, by who, what was the gender of the masseuse? And were there any reports about that should be the opening right. question of every Kevin Stefanski first press right. conference of the right. Week. You've got to wear it. Right. You're right. So right. Like a scarlet letter. You guys are living in this every day. We're going to never let you forget it. Yeah, like 22 accusations of horrible deeds. Like right. not one he said, she said, 22 she says. Right, right. Saying right. the same said, the same thing. They all said the same said. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> and at least I think one other she said who is not saying with the other setters. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, I don't know. Man. Yeah. It's just terrible. No, but I think that's all you can do. Uh, but they have to, and they can't back off. And, I, you know, this is where we're really going to see, too, like what, you know, even Adam Schefter, he didn't get roasted enough, but at least some people sort of like came back at him when he was just like, this is why Deshaun Watson wanted the investigation because, you know, or whatever his initial tweet was right when the news came that he wasn't going to be charged. Oh, because this, this, uh, he's been exonerated now. Is that the idea? <laughs> 
Yeah, he didn't go so far as to say that, but he did say, like, this is why Deshaun Watson wanted to let the process play out because he knew he wasn't going to get charged. He was always confident he wouldn't get charged or whatever. Uh, and, like, how you know, did he not get charged with anything? I don't yeah, know. They really didn't have enough evidence? I mean, jeez. It's also, it's a little like, uh, you know, there have been some assholes tweeting about how uh, the Biden's Supreme Court nominee is going to get it because of how the Democrats treated Kavanaugh. <laughs> it's like, well, again, one was very credibly accused of sexual assault and or misconduct at the very least. You know, the other one is just a Democrat and black. <laughs> right. So, really qualified and just an amazing, right. uh, you know, professional. But she deserves to get it because right. that asshole <laughs> right. was like quite credibly accused of a really horrible thing. Right. Um, that seemingly he did. And there were, again, no consequences of any kind for him. other None. Than, yeah. And he seemed to be angrier at the people asking him the questions than the people asking the questions were at him. Right. For the thing that he did. Right. Very much so. Right. Yeah. I don't know. This Me Too movement, Scott, it's out of control. It's cancel just, culture, you know, Brian. Cancel Can you believe culture. cancel culture? You know, I along the same vein, have you seen this poster for the Kobe Bryant Netflix documentary? Yes. Kobe? Yes. And the last line is of the subtitle is Girl Dad. <laughs> is the Girl Dad. Like, look. Let's let's even allow, let's even concede that Kobe Bryant was a good dad, which is not something I actually have to do. Like right. that's a that's a that's a, a leap of faith that a lot of people are taking. But let's right. go there. Let's concede Kobe was a great dad to his daughters, and they loved him, and that's great. Good for him. Wonderful dad. Like girl dad as his like, you know. Come right. on, go read. Like the details of that rape case, like yeah. they're horrible. Right, he had that girl's like blood on his shirt. Right, like, they're terrible. He even conceded at one point during the trial that like she might have thought experienced this differently than him, and it was going to change him. Which was like as close to an admission that I know I didn't. This wasn't good. Right, like, it's bad, and like I know it's sad he died. I get it. It's terribly, terribly sad. That doesn't mean, like, how you can make a documentary about Kobe Bryant and not include that episode is ridiculous. Right. And again, it goes back to, like, then what is the problem? Like, then Bill Cosby's legacy is The Cosby Show. Right. And why can't I watch Woody Allen movies without people looking at me (laughs) cross-eyed? You know, it's one incident. Oh, it was blah, blah, blah. Like, go look at the details of that case. They are terrible. Yeah. No, absolutely. He is. He's way too right. I Girl know. dad. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Rapist. Right. You don't get to be girl dad. Right. Sorry. Rapist and just not nice guy at all. Not a, not a terrible person. Right. Not Vicious, at all. Cruel. <sighs> Relentlessly right. cruel. Yeah. Listen to that Jeremy Lin story at the trade deadline. When Kobe comes in, they haven't seen him in a month because he's been rehabbing an injury. Comes in, I just wanted to see you guys. I just wanted to see who else is getting traded. Or which one of you bums is getting traded. Something just cruel, relentlessly brutal, vicious. 
Look at that tape of the practice where he's just cussing them out, calling them all pussies, and then storms off and still tells Mitch Kupchak he's got to get, you know. And this is when Kobe sucked. I know. <laughs> when he was old and he was bad. Still, relentlessly ruthless. And has it been long enough? Is it fair to ask? They, the conditions under which they were in that helicopter were not great. Like, the weather was bad. It was not advisable. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to go so far to say he just got what he deserved. No, oh, but- I'm not saying that. I, <laughs> no. I just want to be clear. <laughs> but it's, again, I, I'm more pointing out that it feels to me like a pattern of behavior of, like, being a lunatic. Going right, way right. too hard, being right. way too aggressive, like, at any cost. Just, like, this attitude of at any cost. Like, no. Some costs are way too high. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, like, that's more what I mean. I'm definitely, I want to be clear, not saying <laughs> he deserved it. No, no. I, but, and I get it. It's so sad, and you want to celebrate him, and he lived an amazing life, and he's an amazing player, and super talented human being, and great-looking guy, and very, uh, you know, fun to listen to. You know, great person, like, very... Uh, dynamic personality, but right. I just that would put me over the edge, girl. Dad, yeah. he got to put no. You're so right. He got to put that behind him way too easily. Oh my god. Yeah, not just generally, but then to be elevated to girl dad. Girl dad. Right. You know that girl has a dad. Right. You know that was a yeah. girl dad. Yeah. Right. I wonder how girl dad Kobe Bryant would respond to such a situation. Right. You know? I mean, Jesus. Right. That's terrible. It's ridiculous. And just as though, like, you, I just don't even, like, that you could even, you know, it's like if you were making a Michael Vick documentary, you're going to talk about the dogs. You right. Know? Of like, course. It's of like, course. It's like because he died, you get to make a documentary about him and just ignore it. And I, I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they go into it. I don't know. But it seems hard to imagine that they do with that on the cover. Yeah. No, that's maybe 100% they, I don't know. Maybe they go into detail and then they <laughs> eviscerate him. And then at the end, they soften it with, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> right. No, but it is like Michael Vick, pet lover. Like, right. <laughs> right. That's so true. Right. That's so terrible. My God. Right. So like if terrible. Michael Vick became a veterinarian later in life and it was like... <laughs> veterinarian <laughs> or whatever i don't know right dog walker Peter activist right like i know my god it's too much if i am gonna say so you you mentioned uh, the, obviously we're talking about the kobe thing you've now several times you've mentioned cosby you uh you slipped in uh you said harvey weinstein uh, you slipped in uh Oh, uh, Woody Allen movies, that, which also have been totally ruined for me. Um, right. Where do you stand on Michael Jackson music? I listen to Michael Jackson. I mean, I'm not getting rid of Michael Jackson music. Like, what can, are we going to do? Can I just he tell died, you? We've all, at least, again, we've talked about it. We've aired it out. Right. Everybody knows what happened. You know. Again, nobody's making a Michael Jackson documentary. 
No, right. In fact, and you know, like, yeah, like, although there is like a Broadway show about him right now, I guess that just totally ignores it. But, um, you know, here's how I get by it. I first of all, how I get by justify listening to his music, not anything he did, but just hearing his music is what I am able to tell myself is that my body's response to his music is not my fault. Right. right. Like I don't have a physical reaction to a Woody Allen movie. I can just turn it off. Right. I don't have to watch. I wouldn't even know where to watch the Cosby show. If Billy Jean hits, it's not in my control. What I do, I feel it in my body. Yeah. Right. That's very different. Right. That is true. It's in your yeah right. You can't you can't control the way music makes you feel. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have to move. It's science. You and hear the live, like. I'm not going out to. I'm not. I wouldn't buy a new R. Kelly album. Right, but right, right. If yeah. Ignition comes on at a party, like yeah, like my body's gonna do what it's gonna do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to that song. Michael Jackson is unbelievable. Yeah. But what we were, the fact that he, like, he was traveling with children and people were just like, well, he likes children. I mean, just, you can't, it's unbelievable. I guess the big difference too is that I feel like we all knew 